2: Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 291, Episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist! Yay! Yay! Production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is, of course, Thursday, June 15th, 2023. Of
1: course. It's National Smile Power Day. National... Smile Power power power. Day? I don't know what that is. National Foam Party Day. Shout out to everybody in Cancun on spring break. Foam Party. Oh, Mm. Jack, National Megalodon
2: Day. Hey. I still no. haven't seen the Meg. You have it? No. Oh, and it's I, I feel like like that that movie would have been my dream for like the first ten years of my life and now I just people I, change, uh, What man. happened to you, man? You lost yeah. the love for shark attacks.
1: Thought you were trying to get your whole shit bit out here. But yeah.
2: I know. Anyway, shout out to the Megalodon. Really? Yeah. And and made smile them. power. Yeah. And smile power. The smile of a megalodon. It's a very powerful thing. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka Grim Grimacy, Grim Grimacy, Grim Grimace Goo. The hamburglar loves it, and now you can too. Um, that is courtesy of Rezik on the Discord in reference to. The fact that that new Grimace <laughs> Milkshake is cum. It's Grimace Cum. It is what it is. And I'll keep saying, like, the the creativity coming from our listeners around Grimace Cum Grimace milkshakes is inspiring. You, you honor me. Um, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray!
1: Miles Gray, a.k.a. Grimace, come, tug that purple pee and let it out into my shake. Grimace, come, I don't have to taste it to know that it tastes just like grapes. That's okay, right. shout out to Willie K on the Discord. It's not mixed berry. It's grape. It's grape, we, y'all. The, the other
2: thing, the two things we knew the second we looked at it that have since been refuted by Big McDonald's, but... Yeah. First of all, we knew that's great. The purple milkshake, obviously grape, not great. mixed berries. And second of all, it's grimace come, Thank and you. you can't tell me otherwise. Na 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 na. All right,
1: it's the hill you're gonna die on.
2: That is miles. Little yeah, housekeeping yeah, yeah. up top. We're now doing eight episodes a week instead of ten. One episode on Monday that is like a long, trending weekend Mm catch-up. One on Friday. And then the Tuesday episode. We are interviewing experts. We are interviewing you guys. Currently, we are interviewing you guys about your very interesting jobs. Yeah. Yeah. The listeners of The Daily Zeitgeist. what, What a wide range of fascinating professions, professional experience that's been Fascinating. We can't wait to keep talking to you guys. So uh, hit us up at Daily Zeitgeist on Twitter, on the Discord. Let us know. Craziest thing you've ever seen on the job. Something people misunderstand about your job. We have spoken to a pet animal. You do this every time. Ah, Veterinary
1: pathologist.
2: Veterinary pathologist. Yes. About a bag of cocaine-coated... Eagles mm-hmm. and then a Domino's delivery driver and a wedding efficient, a car repo man. We've only spoken to two people, but they had a lot of jobs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, hit us up. We can't wait to hear more from you, sick motherfuckers. And speaking of sick motherfuckers, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in from our third seat by one of the funniest, one of the smartest writers, people. I've ever worked with. He is a best-selling author. He is a Emmy-winning writer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He co-hosts the podcast, Quick Question with Soren and Daniel. Please welcome back to the show, Daniel O'Brien! Hey! Hey! Hello, thank you so much for that
3: intro and for having me. And, uh, I re- gosh, I don't want to give you notes right off the top, but... <laughs> oh, boy. What a de-escalation of excitement when you go from veterinary pathologist to Domino's pizza delivery driver.
2: But he was so interesting. Really? Really? Okay, can I I interest you in this fact? (laughs) Once every couple months, people come to the door with their shirt on, but nothing else. Really? Yeah, different groups of people. Like, it's not always the same, you know, flasher. And- they don't acknowledge it. It's not because like his theory was that they're just too high and they're like they they forget they're not wearing pants, but they don't even like once they've had the transaction, they're not like, oh, my God, what have I, you know, nah. Like again, that's like a stress dream for me. But yeah. like, you always realize halfway through that you, you don't have the pants on. But I, I think it's just where flashers and other kinds of, you know, people with strange you know perversions have gone to to get their kicks
3: totally there was that one episode of high maintenance where a character was doing that over and over again just as like uh i think it was catherine cohen but don't quote me on that who played it but she would just like hang an errant tit out to make people (laughs) look at like in a convenience store like whenever someone was delivering something to her house and it was clearly a thing that she just like loved doing just like a fun little little prank that she enjoyed and like someone, a regular delivery person, opened the door and saw her breast out and was just like, come on.
2: Like he's yeah. seen it all the time. He's just <laughs> yeah. sick of just having like, to okay. deal with it. Yeah. More of this.
1: Please. I got a lot of tables, man.
2: How are you doing, Daniel? It's great to see <coughs> I couldn't even <coughs> tell that <why>. lie. <laughs> 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 yeah, you. You. it's good to see you. Yeah. How are you?
3: Thanks. I'm good. It's good to be here. Uh, I've been... Hanging out in Los Angeles for the last couple of weeks and we'll continue for the next couple of weeks. Just like a month trip back to my old stomping ground. And and, uh, it's a complete betrayal of the promise of what L.A. is supposed to be. It's been really gloomy and gray and cold. It's very unfortunate.
1: Well, it's going to turn up this weekend, though. At least there's that.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is it? We got that. It's
1: going to be warm. I just I just checked that day's weather report. I like to
2: be surprised and I have by how shitty the weather is. Seventy
1: four Friday, eighty, Saturday. And then like high seventies next week. All right. So yeah. I'll get my little We're getting back to it, regressing to the (laughs) meat. All right.
2: Well, Daniel, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of the things that we're talking about. The Jack Smith merch is here. We we are Lionizing Jack Smith as a culture. There's T-shirts. That's it's mainly T-shirts at this point, but like T-shirts with his picture, looking like he's like an MMA fighter or something. So we're (laughs) we're just gonna look at the the latest idol of the neo libs to like since Mueller. Uh, I think he's a little bit more. He's gonna satisfy a little bit more than Mueller in terms of like who he actually is. So we'll talk about him. We'll talk about a TikToker who is, like, kind of pulling a George Bluth, but sad. Yeah. Where he's, like, teaching lessons to people. But the lesson is, like, I'm a narcissist. And
1: <laughs> and fuck you and your feelings. And fuck you.
2: <laughs> yeah. We might talk about Netflix finally opening a Netflix-themed restaurant. What? Uh, we've, been, we've been calling for it for years. Oh, yeah. And another thing we've been calling for for years, a comedy fantasy camp with Jay Leno and Adam Carolla. Got
1: my tickets. You signed up, Jack?
2: Yeah, Zach? yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it says so the description says comedy fans, aspiring stand up comedians and television writers take note. So, Daniel, I, I'm eager to hear about like which week you're going to as a television writer. Thank yeah. you.
3: Actually, I'm teaching an entire uh, masterclass about I don't want to give it away. Completely, but it's about how it's time to cancel cancel culture. Thank and, you. Uh, yep. I just think it's time. Yeah,
2: I love that. I love that they threw television writers, <laughs> <laughs> television writers. Uh, you're yeah. gonna want to come hang out with Adam Carolla and Jay Leno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about all that plenty more. But first, Daniel O'Brien, uh, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Unkillable plants.
3: I've recently (laughs) moved to a new apartment in my home in Jersey and it's a really nice space and I want to make it look nice and because I've been living in a different, I've been bouncing around for a while and I've been living in like a, a furnished house with somebody else's stuff for the last couple of years. So now I have like my, the apartment that I want to be my home for the foreseeable future and I'm really committed to making it look nice and not shitty. And I'm taking notes from, like, other people's houses that I like a whole lot. And mm-hmm. one of the things that makes me feel really warm uh, and positive when I'm in someone's house, just, like, a whole lot of plants. Yeah. I've killed every plant I've ever had yeah. in my life.
2: I don't... Just like a reverse E.T. You walk into the room and they yeah. crumble away. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so
3: I, I, I don't want to get fake plants because that defeats the purpose for me. And so I was just, like, tooling around what are the the hardest plants to kill. And I will either have nice plants or... I'll kill these too, and that's kind of impressive in its own way. Yeah,
2: yeah. Is it? A, are are we looking at cacti? What what? It, what's the internet's advice on the hardiest
3: plants? The first, a lot of people say snake plants. Uh, yeah, I was
1: gonna say snake plant. That's hard.
3: Number one on the list is snake something called go hard. Yeah. cast iron plant, which, like by name alone, excites <laughs> me. That's I feel like that's what I should be working with.
2: There are no <laughs> leaves on it. It just looks like a dead shrub, but it's, it's like the bristlecone pine. Have you ever seen those? No. Oh,
1: yeah, what?
2: Bristlecone pine are the oldest living things on the planet Earth. And like they, they've they been around. There's one oh, yeah. called Medusa up in like Bishop in California. I've seen some of them in person
1: and they look dead. <laughs> they look like
2: <laughs> like the deadest plant you've ever seen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it looks like to the point where you're like, that can't be growing. But
2: they're they're like alive on the inside. Yeah. They're oh, truly okay. like beautiful things, but they look like beautiful like sculptures. They don't look like living plants, right?
3: Yeah, they're they're those little grabby monsters that Ursula creates in Little Mermaid. Yeah, <laughs> they do look like the little gravy
2: <laughs> monsters that she creates. Did you see the uh, live action remake, by the way?
3: I did. It was so bad. What
2: did you like it? No, I didn't see it. I, oh, okay. I I'm it was not surprised by that.
3: Here's one of the 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 strange ways that the sick disease of nostalgia works on people is. I get back to L.A. where I used to live for a long time, and was, the first thing I did was like, "What am I gonna? What am I gonna do? What did I used to do here?" And I went to a movie theater by myself to <laughs> watch right. Little Mermaid because that was a thing. I just love going to the movies and the Westwood. The IPIC in Westwood is so comfortable and wonderful. They got the reclining chairs. You get yeah. food delivered right to your chair, and it was like less than twelve hours into my time in Los Angeles and I was like I'm gonna see Little Mermaid at two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> it
2: doesn't look good I bet it's not right. good yeah. and I was right I'm it's not good. to this yeah that's where I saw the whole this whole movement kick off that's where I saw the Jungle Book remake oh yeah for some reason that theater by the way feels the least like a movie theater of any movie theater I've ever been in like it just I pick in general tr- that Brent, the one in Brentwood I don't know if I I've been to other picks, but that one in particular feels like you're just in someone's big living room. Like I've been yeah. to movie theaters that have the nice reclining chairs and like the food that gets delivered. And like usually it doesn't fuck with me. But like that one in particular, I don't know if like they have low ceilings or something, but it just it doesn't feel like a
1: movie theater to me. Right. <laughs> like in like, yeah, Ikea lamps and stuff yeah. like on the yeah. ground. It's like, yeah, oh, this is like the walkway. I was going to say, Dan, like, there's like these. I saw there's like these businesses that are for people who are like, I can't keep a fucking plant alive if my life depended on it. And it's basically now ushered in a business where like they've created the kinds of pots where it's like, dude, just keep the water level on the side to this. Are you right? talking about uh, Easy Plant? I mean, I'm not trying to give any promo. Okay. But yes. Yeah. No, yeah, me yeah, yeah. Neither. They don't but pay they, us. Yeah. So we, yeah. we will not give them promo. But yeah. have you, oh wait, have you killed an Easy? Well, I mean, all that saying, you've killed one of them.
3: <laughs> no, not yet. But that like that came up on my head first stupid moron instagram ad algorithm feed and <laughs> right right like you've done enough googling on this that like we think you will be interested in this in this foolproof plant right. situation right like, yeah the 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 science is you don't even put water on we're not going to let you put water on the plant itself yeah. you put right, the water right, right. in a little jar and we distribute it as we see fit <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's like a trust for your yeah. water
2: and The Little Mermaid, uh just going back to that, mm-hmm. sorry, is your problem with it? Was one of the problems with it? The casting. The fact that the casting. one of the lead characters is a crab, like an actual crab without the ability to emote? Or is it your whole anti-cancel culture, you know, that thing and your, your issue with the casting?
3: It's so, it's it's crazy that you found the exact right thing that it was specifically the crab. Have people been talking about the crab?
2: Because no, I have been talking about the crab since they like talked about it. the concept of doing this as a live action thing i've been like how the fuck are you gonna make it? because that was my problem with the lion king one yeah was that like the animals can't emote so it's like a diminished version of every cartoon that has animals in it correct there
3: was yeah. so much chatter ahead of this movie about how off-putting flounder looked and it's and it's true flounder looks looks weird he looks too much like a fish oh, to yeah. be in a, in a movie for children uh, and <laughs> truly not enough chatter about how bizarre sebastian the crab looked it's very unpleasant he can emote it's a it, it's a crab that looks like a crab with two cartoon google eyes on top of it yeah. and he's in, he's got two fucking songs he's in so much of this movie and it's it's really
1: can uh, he even uh, smile with his at little crab mouth or no no so, like, what would you do for, like, raised eyebrows? Do, like, the little googly eyes on top get bigger? Or are they just kind of, like, wiggle? Is it truly, like, this is what we get when you look at it?
3: This is what we get. Yeah, what you're seeing <laughs> is what you get. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad.
1: It's freaky, oh, This man. gives me such joy
2: to hear you say that that was a major problem with the movie. Fucking crap, man. <laughs> Fucking crap. What is something, Daniel, that you think is overrated? This will
3: continue the, the, the thread of me being back in Los Angeles. Billboards. I again famously lived here for eleven years and there are so many billboards in Los Angeles and they just sort of become part of the the background part of the skyline. And then I went from there to New York and then which also has a lot of billboards and then New York to New Jersey where I live now, which has very few billboards. I live on the beach, there's really nothing. And when I when you come to LA after being away for a while, it's really jarring just how many billboards there are everywhere. If if you were an alien landing here, you would think it was, we were all just completely insane. Because where I'm at now, <laughs> Santa Monica, West L.A., there's just everywhere you look, giant billboards for the bear on FX or Hulu. It's not FX, an effective yeah. advertisement. Yeah, I think both, and, actually. Yeah. Okay, good. And it's like on buses, and there's this thing that happens in L.A. where there's always constant construction on everything, and so they right. board things up with these giant wooden walls and then they put billboards on those walls so you're just seeing the same images from the bear over and over again everywhere you look i don't know who any of this is for it's uh not the hottest <laughs> take in the world to, to say that la has too many industry billboards but you forget about it when you're away for so long and it's, oh yeah it's so jarring
1: yeah, yeah especially when award season rolls around and yeah. everything's like for your consideration and it's like you're talking to like a half percent of the population yeah and it's also this award season
3: is like the the year consideration campaigns are always for shows that are not on currently. It's like it's, except, uh, you know, July will roll around and they'll be like, "Remember White Lotus?" Like, yeah, <laughs> huh? yeah, yeah, I, I do. Okay, thank you.
2: <laughs> I will say I feel a little. So I used to drive from the West Side to our Hollywood studio to record this show, and it and a a big portion of my drive was sunset which is the most, like, just billboard-ridden stretch of road that I think possibly in the Western world. Like, there's so many billboards. But they put a ton of effort into, like, the billboards and the designs, and I feel like I was more up on, like, what was happening in pop culture. Like, I wouldn't be surprised when someone was like, oh, shit, have you seen... Like the, this is the last of us or, you know, like the, the mashup between this is us and the last of us. I would, I would know about that like two months before it came out, you know, and, and now I just feel blindsided by popular culture. So I'll say billboards in theory, very dumb, but they, they were helpful to me because I'm so unplugged from
1: a lot of popular culture. That you just need just a big, old. just need a big square sign to be like, Hey, Hey, yeah, Hey, Hey, this, to tell me this. what to think. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if, if you're
2: gonna do it, if if you're going to just have a physical sign that you put in front of people's faces, the Jersey Shore, where it sounds like you're living now, mm-hmm. that when they have those dragon behind planes, I feel like that's that's a good time. Yeah, that's just, fun. Yeah, that's fun, and like it's the plane like it's like one of those old fashioned planes that looks like it's barely staying up there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I or like, am I just remembering the 1920s when I was a child? No, you're correct. It's still <laughs> those
3: those, those old Wright Brothers planes carrying billboards for <laughs> live music and $5 yeah. beers. And there's a little bit of smoke coming out. I do like my advertisements <laughs> to have like a little slight taste
2: of danger. Like this could yeah, go wrong. That's exactly. Yeah. Someone's right. someone's taking their lives into their hands. Someone's so. flying
1: an, an original Leonardo da Vinci ornithopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To tell me the the beer is still four dollars
2: in Seattle City? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh what is something that you think is underrated? All right, ready? Yes. Working.
3: I wouldn't be <laughs> doing my job right now if I didn't take this and every opportunity to mention. The ongoing writers' strike. I'm a proud yeah. member of the Writers Guild of America, and we have been on strike since the beginning of May because we want a fair contract, and the studios refuse to even sit down with us and and discuss it, let alone give us what we're asking for. It's very frustrating. i i a lot of people when this started in in my life who are like sympathetic to this cause and everything. They're like, "You'll probably enjoy a little vacation. It's not a vacation. Oh. I really like working." Uh, and I, I, writing specifically is a thing that I'm very good at, it, and I just want to do it, and the studios won't let me, and
1: it's maddening. Yeah. Who had that take that was like, I think the strike's end because, yeah, Zaslav's like, because so they big, like uh, We're
2: fans of Zaslav on this show, Daniel. We are oh, uh, sure, proving Zas, him right. And uh, his, his take was that he, he was like, the strike's going to end because of a love of working. These yeah. People love to work, and we're just. We will welcome them back mm-hmm. with open mm-hmm. arms. Um, so he's using the fact that you are a creative machine against you. I know, <laughs> which is yeah, so so <laughs> devious and shitty.
1: How much of it do you think? You know, I've I've seen that take of like how there's like a big there's that big obscure thing about like Netflix numbers or streaming numbers and how that's that could affect things. Do you think that's playing a huge part, or it's just general? Obviously, there's the overarching theme of greed. Uh, on behalf of the networks and streamers, but like, do you do? You, I've I've seen that take going around Twitter. I was curious if you had any thoughts on that.
3: I don't have any extra insight into this than anyone else who doesn't, you know, read Twitter and and Variety and Hollywood Reporter and all the other trades and everything. But that does make a whole lot of sense because that's something that the streamers won't even they they don't seem to want to budge on the data data yeah. transparency. Yeah, and it makes a whole lot of sense because that number could either be. Very, very large, and they don't want us to know that because then it would reveal just how much money they uh, we be <laughs> should be getting in residuals, right. or which seems slightly more likely that money could be very, the number could be very, very low, which they don't want Wall Street right. and investors to know about. It's all yeah. anyone who who has spent any time in in tech or Silicon Valley startups like it's it all sounds very familiar to every single Silicon Valley startup that eventually burst because they they yeah they go big and they go fast and they invest 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 and they talk about growth 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 and have very little transparency and then when eventually they have to reveal their numbers everything falls apart because right. they don't yeah. they they inflated their own importance
2: and impact yeah. yeah it sounds it sounds familiar too also the ones that succeed <laughs> like yeah. facebook facebook was did that and then like this year I, I read somewhere that like Facebook's having like an amazing year like at the stock market like really at at the stock market where <laughs> oh. where, where all the I'm going guys to the stock go together market, and just throw stocks back and forth yeah like s- <laughs> Facebook's stock is like doing well or they're I don't know I'm just like how how are we still here after <laughs> yeah. meta after the pivot to video bullshit
1: Oh yeah and then I, the listener was saying that like the the Twitter video views it's a, I think it's like two to three seconds is what triggers a view yeah, yeah, really. So right. we're right back where we started, where people are like, yep. you got to see the fucking numbers we're doing here, folks. Give us your ad dollars. Wait, what? It's all it's all an yeah. illusion.
2: Fuck. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and
1: we'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right? Gang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new.
2: Back, back and the jack smith merch is here the liberals are really trying to like top conservatives when it comes to churning out cringy merchandise i don't think they ever will but the the robert Mueller craze was <laughs> like i still have my robert Mueller action figures mm. in box <laughs> dead stock and the price
1: just is not budging, man. Oh yeah, Jack. Here, pull the pull the cord on the back of it. Let's hear some of the quotes.
0: <laughs> what,
1: Donald Trump? Where, where am I? Am I? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> he's, he's fine, okay. Why are there so many flies in here?
2: I what? did this. This article made me like go and look at a video because I didn't want to be burned twice because I was burned by Mueller by like his, you know, him never talking, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's so like." stoic and tough and that's why he doesn't talk and it turns out he doesn't talk because like when he did finally did like a a like elderly muppet voice came out of his head Mm -hmm. he was like well this (laughs) guy's really done done it this time oh fuck (laughs) no no and jack smith has a pretty normal voice he just seems like a like first he reminded me of frank vogel the former Lakers coach.
1: I mean, for people who haven't heard his voice here, it just give you a little taste of what uh, old Jack Smith sounds like. He just sounds like a dude.
2: This indictment was voted by a grand jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. Yeah, yeah, you know, pretty standard. He's not pulling, he's not giving Mueller or like DeSantis or Jared Kushner, you know, these people who we saw a lot. And then when you finally hear them, you're like, wait, that's not the voice up. that comes out of that yeah. head? Like yeah. that is... Totally not what I was expecting. This guy seems like somebody that liberals will be able to credibly jerk off to after having heard him speak and like seen him in court.
0: Hey man,
1: so, he's been trying people at the Hague. Just not yeah. the U.S. Just not the U.S. Just not the U.S. Some these shirts,
0: yeah, definitely. He US. some of these shirts are
1: like
2: so they they look like they were designed by the people who like designed the MMA like tap out shirts. Yeah. Like karma is Jack Smith.
1: What, like, the what the fuck? fuck? No, I mean uh, the puns suck too. Like at least Muller, there was Muller time. Like yeah. that was kind of stupid enough. And that's just like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, unisex short sleeve T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can we? Do we have any other good puns for Jack? Yeah.
3: I don't understand the impulse. I want to meet one person who sincerely, unironically wants a Jack Smith T-shirt. And, like, plans to hold on to it and wear it. It's just, like... And this happens every election cycle. This happens all the time. There's always insane merchandise for whatever the hot new political figure is. And I just want to fast forward in time, like, 15 years for someone to be caught in a sleep shirt. And they're like, who the fuck is Beto (laughs) (laughs) O'Rourke? Why do you got a a clearly Photoshopped shirt of him shirtless... Like riding a horse like, oh, yeah, I was really excited about this uh, perpetual Democrat loser
2: always Beto and <laughs> yeah. um, O'Rourke.
1: Wait, yeah. what's what's four seasons total landscaping? <laughs> <laughs> now that one uh, rules. Nothing, That one still nothing. rules. And, <laughs> yeah, no, I want to meet those people too because I'm fucking
2: upside down on these Karma is Jack Smith shirts. I've got crates of them here.
1: <laughs> yeah, They're... I told you, Jack, Helvetica, like, maybe would have been a better font than using, I think, <laughs> was that Curls MT is the font <laughs> that you're using? Curls for? MT. Yeah, not a great one. Now I have to look up that font. You haven't seen Daniel. You're you're a font guy, right?
3: That is one of the most insulting things you've ever said to me. <laughs>
2: I, th- I thought you were fine. You don't guy. know curls MT? Yeah, this one. Oh yeah, okay, curls yeah. MT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. like for little kids' birthdays that like where you're doing the decorations on a dot matrix printer. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's so funny too because like. There's such a trend right now with just bad... Just like merch in general. Not even to do with politics. Like everyone's doing the old like sort of... Uh, what is Cash Money Records? Like 90s Southern rap album kind of aesthetic. Like on a t-shirt or like old wrestler t-shirts. Yeah. They couldn't even do a Jack Smith like that. Where he's like in a Rolls Royce. Right. You know what I mean? With like a glittery a, font. Like a
2: No Limit style t-shirt yeah, with yeah. Jack Smith. 100%. And yeah, these suck. The ones that they've released so far... This one features the slogan: "Somebody's gonna get jacked up." Which? Ugh. What the fuck? I mean, I might buy it just for, for myself. Like that's a, cool, <laughs> that's a cool slogan for me. But uh, yeah, just irreg- irrespective of uh, political context, that's a cool thing for me to be saying.
1: The only way to catch a jack off is to have jack on the case. I think would uh-huh. be a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sending that way, one to yeah. T. Public now. Yeah, we'll see I guess we that's get for good.
2: That now, now that I think about it, Trump's a real jack off. Thanks. So. What do we do here? <laughs> the real problem
1: with this guy? Real jag off. Am
2: I right, folks? What is? I,
1: I, I get that. Like we, that I get. I get that we have to. That people in their minds, these fucking like Mueller or Smith or you know Alvin Bragg or whatever, they become like these savior figures. But like to the point of making just the most low energy merch i mean i guess that that's the point is like just like how there's grifters on the right there's like some assholes gonna buy this stupid shirt that i just made designed in two seconds yeah. and i can just make money off of that enthusiasm when oh shit when in the end it's like let's just fucking get off this stuff like that these people are gonna save us it's, <laughs> the problems are so much bigger than what fucking jack smith can do miles just dropped his handgun by the way he likes to <laughs> yeah play with his handgun while he's it's not loaded, okay? I learned my lesson.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of real jack-offs, let's talk about this guy, Belgian TikToker. Do we have his name? I don't.
1: It's, it's not even worth saying. his Okay, name is, we won't his, even say his name. His name is David Bairton. And okay. if you really want to fucking waste your time, he's at Ragnar LeFou, and there's underscores, but I'm not going to give you that information. So anyway, I think fans of Arrested Development, yes, we bring this up, they will surely remember the patriarch's penchant for teaching lessons to his children, George Bluth, in the most intense and fucked up ways where he would get his friend and former employee, J. Walter Weatherman, who was an amputee, he had, well, he had one arm, be the shock value focal point to get his kids to do things like leave a note or stop yelling and things like this, where they would get in these terrible accidents and freak the kids out. And then J. Walter Weatherman would be like, and that's why you always leave a note. Well, this guy. It's taken a page straight out of that book when he faked his own death and he got his wife and daughters to all promise that they would all just pretend grieve the loss of their father and family member. So, you know, daddy can do a TikTok, Right. And once like word spread of his death, quote unquote, people gathered like in liege or whatever to for this fucking funeral. When the service began, this guy fucking descends in a helicopter yes. to surprise the mourning family and friends. And most people were fucking confused because they're like, wait, what the fuck? And then they're like, oh, OK, this asshole really just baked his death. Some people were like relieved and in tears. Uh, but overall, I think it was just a surreal moment that was just totally unnecessary. And this is the best part. So when he talked about why he did it, it sounds pretty much like George Bluth. He says, what I quote, well, what I see in my family often hurts me. I never get invited to anything. Nobody sees me. We all grew apart. I felt unappreciated. That's why I wanted to give them a life lesson and show them that you shouldn't wait until someone is dead to meet up with them. Yeah. And then he goes on to talk about like some of the people, his like family members that reached out to him. He was like, Yeah, proves who really cares about me. And those who didn't come, you know, I guess I know what's going on, but I did like, and those, oh, he said, and then also those who didn't come, they did contact me to meet up. So in a way, I did win.
3: I would say, (laughs) Your relatives not showing up to your funeral is not a win.
2: I would, <laughs> not
1: showing up to your I funeral, would,
2: finding <laughs> out you did a like hoax to show them, off and then texting you and being like, "Hey, we should
1: hang out sometime." Yeah. <laughs> God, I didn't know he was this bad, man. Sure. It,
2: when I
3: started reading this story, uh, and you know the the headline very clearly spells it out that a man faked his death to teach a lesson. I was really I went into this thinking that's misguided. That's stupid. Also assuming that the lesson was going to be like climate change or something important, (laughs) some kind of statement about something important. The fact that the lesson is, and that's why you should invite me to more parties, (laughs) family. That is the saddest possible reason to fake your own death. Truly,
2: why you should stop
1: not inviting
2: me to (laughs) (laughs) parties. Right, that you like actively shunned.
1: You're you're and, just letting everybody know why no one invites you to shit cuz you're the guy who does, you know, all this wild shit just for TikTok views yeah. and you'll pretend you're dead and then be like, "Did I guilt you, mom?" Yeah. Okay, good. Can I come to my niece's christening now?
2: Is this not a uh, crime? I don't know. Like it, I don't know. I think if he had fooled the like local the state. authorities maybe. Right. But yeah, I, I if he just like to had them post on social that he was dead and then, like, invite
1: to a fake funeral. Like, probably not. Oh, yeah. The, the daughter, this is what's most really fucked up. Like, in the post that was about his death, his daughter wrote this caption, rest in peace, daddy. I will never stop thinking about you. Why is life so unfair? Why you? You were going to be a grandfather and you still had your whole life ahead of you. I love you. We love you. We will never forget you. Now, I think, obviously, he, he wrote, wrote that, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like 100. this is the level of deception you're going to just to get the people to gather and let out an exasperated sigh when it's like, yeah, I didn't die, folks. I'm actually Man. still alive. But yeah, I don't know. I think this like goes on just we've, we've seen this like really bizarre need like the the content creation era is just like affecting everything from like parents being like oh you thought my top you thought my toddler really got a prison tattoo no i just pretended up until that point and then made you believe that and it's this kind of like tangentially right alexander salmon in slate was observing just the shit that was happening outside of the courthouse in miami when at trump's arraignment and their observation was like So many people were just there to live stream or capture content. Like even the MAGA people, they were all there to promote like a Twitch, an Instagram, a TikTok account, whatever. So not so much that they're really pissed about what was going on with Trump, but like his arraignment was an opportunity for like their own personal like enrichment and brand building. I mean, even January 6th, like, you know, I
2: had my notes on how how they went about that thing and they just seemed more focused on like live streaming the whole thing than any you know strategic objectives
3: yeah i should be absolutely clear that i wooed at january 6th i should uh add some context that's it happens (laughs) to be my birthday
2: yeah that is it's now been
3: been co-opted by this whole other situation oh man but that's i just wanted to explain that woo
2: very quickly that's you'll, fine. You'll show them all though. One yeah. one day we'll we'll know January sixth for the right yeah. reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. What
1: was that like on your birthday when? Like, did you start off being, like, being like this, some shit could go left today? Or you're like, I don't know, let me just focus on my birthday? or because well, you were there, I, right? Yeah, you yeah, were in Washington. Uh,
3: yeah, I my main thing was like, I can't believe they let us just walk right in here. I'm going <laughs> to put my feet on everyone's <laughs> desk. Uh, the the, the, the day them. itself, like a lot of people, I was, like, completely glued to my TV and, right. and absentmindedly fielding birthday texts from, from friends and family. The funny thing about January 6th now is... Every year on my birthday, I get calls from relatives that start out with happy birthday and then inevitably turn into like, I still remember where I was a couple of years ago. <laughs> I just, I thought the country was falling apart. I couldn't believe it. What were we going to do? I was like,
1: yeah, okay. Thanks, Aunt Kathy. Great. Yeah. Great to hear from you. Wait, but do you remember where you were when I was born on January 6th? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But my God, what a bleak day. Yeah. Uh, it's,
3: I'm, my birth is the second most important January sixth in my family now, which is oh, a huge, huge hit. <laughs> uh, but but speaking of people turning everything into content, I've uh, this reveals how o- old I am, and because I have old man concerns now, and I've talked about this before on my own podcast. Qu- quick question with Soren and Daniel: One of my like biggest fears and and sources of anxiety that I live with every day is I don't want to be some kind of collateral damage in some young tiktokers prank it's like a -hmm. a real concern anytime i'm in a target or just out in the wild and i see a youth with a phone i'm like he's gonna fucking kick me in the balls and if i get mad he's gonna say it's a prank and then i'm gonna get madder and then that's gonna be the thing that gets views too it's like it's just one of those things that's hanging over my head like i know any minute now i'm gonna be on some 16 year old's prank show and and i'm gonna be made to look very foolish by, (laughs) by some Teen millionaire, What's,
2: yeah. I think I don't think I've talked about this, but I was—I think I was collateral damage in a like prank thing. I was in a Target, and these teens kept turning, like putting uh, on the Bluetooth speakers, like they—they they were somehow hijacking, like the speaker, like all, all the speakers in the audiovisual. Like, section of the department of the target uh-huh. to like play like really filthy like rap songs. And uh-huh. like, I was with my kids, so you like my instinct was to like literally like shake my fist at them and like, <laughs> cover my kids' ears just be the exact person they so I, ha- I haven't gone and searched for it because I don't know how I would do that. But uh, yeah, if, if anybody sees a, a prank video of me, you meant to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. What's the worst like prank? like daniel that you are envisioning like because i know the fact that you've thought about it this far i know that there's probably levels to the kinds of pranks you want to be in but there's probably one that you saw on tiktok and like that's the fucking kind i absolutely never want to fucking be in
3: there's the 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 kind where they'll be in a mall and they will steal someone's purse or their bag and run away and then if you if you catch them they say it's just a prank bro it's just a prank and they point to all the cameras around right 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 sometimes it's uh, it it feels good because the the pranker will get like kicked in the face by some right person who's helping out. But very often, the the person who gets mad because their purse was stolen is made to look like some scold. some dork, yeah. scold, loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I right. I I fear that I fear like every time I'm out <laughs> walking with my girlfriend that someone's going to take her purse or do something to mess with her, and I will in a misguided attempt to defend her. Humiliate both of us in the process.
1: <laughs> right. Or or like you're like, no, Daniel, don't fall for it. And you let yeah. him take off. And you're like, right. oh, phew. what the fuck? He just stole my purse. I, it could be a fucking prank. I'm not getting us involved in that shit. <laughs> That's just so yeah, not this
2: the... time, Twitter or TikTok. <laughs> say that phrase so much. All right. <laughs> let's take a, another break and we'll come back and talk about the eagerly anticipated Netflix restaurant.
1: And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu.
2: And, you know, with with these writers going on strike, Netflix got to make some money somehow. Won't won't people please think of of the Netflix executives of the world. So they're finally doing what everyone's been asking them for paying their writers a fair. No, actually, wait, they're they're opening a restaurant called Ah. Netflix Bites. Is someone
1: going to firebomb this place?
2: (laughs) It's a (laughs) brick and mortar restaurant in Los Angeles. Presumably, you will need to use a password to enter that you can't remember, and you're not allowed to tell your family members without getting in trouble. But it will feature food from Netflix shows and
1: not like sloppy
2: steaks or like, you know. That's the only
1: thing I'd go for. Yeah. If it was ever to go against my brethren in the WGA, I'm like, bro, they got sloppy steaks.
2: They're, They're doing it all with like unscripted food shows like Chef's Table, Iron Chef Quest. Uh ah, ah. sorry, Iron Chef Quest for an Iron Legend. Oh yes, yes. You may know that I may notice I am not familiar with any of these. They're mm-hmm. also having food from Nailed It, which is a fun show where people are bad at cooking, is is kind of the point of that one.
1: So you it's can like, eat like a malformed Elmo cake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This this looks like this looks like maybe one of their worst ideas ever. Yeah. But
2: I'd yeah, love I love to, to see
1: that in the midst of it all. They're like, I don't know, man. We're going to have shitty cakes that you can't even describe and old, like day old barbecue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. I kind of understand. I I don't even think I understand the, the impulse of you've seen this food on Iron Chef. Have you ever wanted to eat it at a restaurant? I don't. I don't watch a lot of cooking shows, but I've never... The point is watching them do it and, and, and getting caught up in, like, the excitement of the the competition of it. It's not, like... It doesn't make me hungry. I like it for the the reality TV aspects of it, I think.
1: Right. Like, it's And, like, unless you're, like, being, like, hey, the whole thing is a show that you're in there and you see it all. It's, like, then you're just going to a restaurant and someone brings you food and you're, like, and that's from Iron Chef. Right. And, like, and okay. Yeah, that's the
3: other part of it because it's... From what I gather these these shows make all kinds of food all the time and I'm I'm never when I go out to eat it's like I think I want sushi tonight or let's do American or let's do Mexican it's never like let's do whatever the Netflix algorithm has programmed <laughs> into their menu this shit. Oh, yeah.
2: this dish was created by somebody who was just eliminated in the yeah. kitchen actually so yeah
1: I think what is the most iconic thing from film or TV to eat in general like I don't know. that you felt because I remember, like, there's that YouTube channel, like, Binging with Babish, where, like, that guy just, like, makes stuff from, like, film and TV, like, but the real-life version. I feel like
2: all Italian restaurants are kind of based on, like, Goodfellas and, like, you know, like, some of the Italian food. Like, there, there's something where that those, like, kind of tie back into each other. Yeah. But, yeah.
3: There's been the first Home Alone when... Little Kevin is, is waiting for all of his traps are set and he's just waiting for the, the wet bandits to, to show up. He makes himself macaroni and cheese in the microwave and sits down and he's about to eat it. And then the criminals show up. So he never gets to have one bite. It's the Uh, best looking macaroni and cheese I've ever seen in my fucking life. And I want it every time. If there was a restaurant, Netflix, if you sold that macaroni and cheese from home alone, strikes over, you you can get whatever you want. Yeah.
1: If you gave me that dessert spread in Jurassic Park when oh, the hell yeah. little kids are eating, and she's got that Jello and, Jello and his hands mm-hmm. all burnt up. To, oh yeah. man, that dessert spread! I'm always like, oh, what the fuck do I got to do to get in there right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those. That's where I'm at. What about you, Jack?
2: Um, I don't know, man. I yeah. The
4: <laughs> I thought I
2: thought I already answered this with the Italian restaurant thing. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. All right, that.
1: all right. That's your answer.
2: Meatballs. You you can also see like the marketing meeting. Uh, like that came up with this, where they're like, Netflix is like a food brand. People watch Chef's Table on Air, because Chef's Table is basically like food porn at this point, like it, Mm -hmm. or at any point, like it, it is just watching chefs make delicious looking food. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I can completely see the marketing meeting where they came up with this pitch and. I, it's a very depressing feeling to be able to see that. I think,
1: meeting. I think there's also like, there's a very cynical edge to it because we talk about how with the writer strike, they're all, they're going to go all in on unscripted. Like that's yeah. just what the plan is. So like to do something that elevates and brings more attention to their non-scripted products, I think is also a thing to be like, yeah, and this is what's cool, man. Yeah, Stuff that's right. all reality based, not that shit that's written by creative people. What if you got to see this shitty cake?
3: And it's also a really off. interesting move for Netflix to do right now, where they're basically just saying, hey, writers, are you sick of protesting in the same studios? Well, here's a new location you could protest
2: at. Here's a right, brand right, new right. spot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: you just can call make. Fucking, yeah. You're yeah. scabbing by going in there, asshole. <laughs> <You're> like, uh. <laughs> To All right, mistake.
2: and finally, this next story is not really a story. It's just a thing like I wanted to ask you guys what your plans were for this, like whether you were going. It sounds like, Daniel, you're going to be involved. But mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be a comedy fantasy camp with Jay Leno and Adam Carolla. The ad for it looks like it's it was designed in 1998. Adam Carolla, I'm not sure wh- how to describe what he's doing in this picture. He's... He looks like he just caught somebody
1: like... He's scolding. I think he's scolding you for being woke. Yeah, Yeah. that's probably true. Because he's doing like a finger wag.
3: Yeah, he's asking you triggered much. That's what he's doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you've got pronouns. It's like, (laughs) what the fuck? Yeah, sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So
2: comedy fans, aspiring stand-up comedians, and television writers, take note, Adam Carolla and Jay Leno have partnered with the producers of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camps to launch the first-ever Comedy Fantasy Camp, a four-day event which offers participants the opportunity to work with some of the most successful talent in the comedy industry. I mean, they're right there, and they're headlining
1: it. Yeah. yeah. I like
2: that (laughs) one of the the guest speakers
3: is a writer from the show Friends, and, like, no disrespect to any sitcom writer in the 90s, but teaching a class today is got to be like, well, the (laughs) secret to success is... You know, write friends. Write a show back in the time when writers were getting paid ninety million dollars to make. It's that easy,
1: folks. It's that easy. Uh, Just get on a good, just get in a good writer's Zoom, do a couple seasons, and then you can own a house. You can own two houses.
3: What's my What's my path to success? Uh, I wrote one episode of Spin City nineteen years
2: ago, and now I'm a millionaire.
1: Yeah. Um, have you who are who is Alonzo Boden? That's another Alonzo comedian.
2: Bowden is like a he's one of the panelists on that show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. And he's a stand up comedian.
1: Ah, OK, OK, he Seems fine.
2: Seems OK, like well, like, at the
1: camp, you're going to de- receive the following. You will get to do you'll develop your own stand up routines and perform them on a real oh comedy God. stage. Oh, that was. Jack. This sounds so depressing. That. Also, it's happening in Hollywood, which like that's where
2: our, our studio is. And it is just always full of tourists looking like bewildered by the fact that Hollywood is like just the worst part of Los yeah. Angeles. Like it's right. just everything is caked in dirt. It's yeah. it's a mess. Over
3: Reading there. that part about how over this this week long or four day process, whatever, you're going to develop your own stand up routine that is the loudest like grift signal i've ever heard in yeah. my entire life it's so clearly like no one if the, if the if the comics were were trying to teach you how to be a stand up in good faith they would first and foremost say you you starting out cannot write a competent stand up routine in 4 days right. uh, as an assignment for class that's yeah. not where it comes from <laughs>
2: yeah it's well but there's like i feel like there's going to be some good you know, gritty talent coming through this camp because it only costs three thousand up to four thousand dollars if you pick the VIP mentorship package.
0: The VIP, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. This is of course. going
2: to be a bunch of very wealthy people getting together to write stamp Like I kind 3, of 000. almost feel like we need to send somebody to this. Yeah,
1: I feel Jack. I think we. I. I can't, I can't do make- it.
2: I don't think my mental health is like strong enough to <laughs>
1: withstand. I think I would do it and just do some really wild shit up there. Like get naked <laughs> yeah. and just see it like just fuck with everybody there and just see what yeah. the fuck happens. But like the but to your point like Daniel like it really is doing the, the thing where they're waving this like it's a grift because the whole thing is basically like you're going to get a video of yourself on stage at the improv by the yeah. end of it. And I think a lot of people are going to be like I need that for my fucking reel. Just to be up there saying my weird, shitty jokes, learning how to write, you know, alienating comedy. It's it's all going to be wonderful,
3: and it's based on the the popular long-running like rock and roll fantasy camp, where you you do the similar thing where you go and you learn from like other famous musicians, and you maybe play somewhere on stage at the end of it. And if any of your listeners are thinking of going to comedy fantasy camp and spending the three thousand dollars to do it, just before you do that, to Become a successful comedian. Ask yourself if any rock star you know said that they got their start in Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. If there is one successful story from there, then sure, go for it. But I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Oh man, oh Jack,
2: yeah, that's where Freddie just... Mercury came out of. <laughs> <laughs> do we just <laughs> got that part out of, part out of-, <laughs> <laughs> of Bohemian Rhapsody? Do yeah. we just
1: go to the like? The uh, performance, like the graduation show, because I think that's really what you want to see is the culmination of this 3000 to $5,000 grift to hear them just tell a bunch of like rinsed and reused shit jokes.
2: There's a before and after. I just went to my son's last day of kindergarten and on, on the oh. wall, they had first day of kindergarten pictures and last day of kindergarten pictures. And it was really cute, great idea. He looked hella grizzled compared to he when, how he did at the beginning of the year. But like, I I feel like in the four days of this comedy fantasy camp, like if we did like before and after pictures, like they would just like <laughs> so just the light will have left their eyes like on the way out. And yeah, would be like, but I, uh, yeah, exit interviews would be fucking amazing. There's I something called the groupie
1: that. package. Oh, no, no. And that just that's an add on, which basically means you can bring your spouse or significant other Uh, who has access to all the meet and greets and headliner jams and get to take a picture with Jay Leno and Adam.
2: Wow. What a joy
1: for them. But you cannot go to any of the comedy workshops. Those are those are locked down just for the paying doofuses.
2: (laughs) Highly proprietary private information that not everybody
1: has access to that you're going to learn here. There's a podcasting workshop, a voice acting workshop, improv workshop. Oh, oh my Jesus. God. Oh, man. I
2: mean, sure. I don't begrudge anyone for getting the paycheck except for, like, fucking Adam Kroll and Jay Leno. But, you know, I, yeah. I'm just picturing the, like, UCB, you know, talent like, talented improvisers who are, like, collecting a paycheck for doing this. And, you sure. know, great. Good for you. Awesome. Uh, I also... <laughs> I lo- love the, like, writers that they have. They have, like, this guy from Friends, Liz Astroff from King of Queens, Kevin Hench, just Tim Allen? He just, yeah. <laughs> is that a show? Or he's just he's just generally a Tim Allen guy? Good for him. Just hanging with Tim, man. That's his big thing. Yeah. But the paychecks must be fucking huge if they have, like, a Friends Right, if it's worth it for a Friends writer to... Yeah
1: do this i mean I mean, it makes sense right because the first the first thing was just grifting on people who had this like repressed wannabe rock star shit from the 70s and 80s they could never right. get out so they're like man i can like hammy say sammy <laughs> hammy sagar <laughs> who's, <laughs> sagar. A, who's yeah, an off-brand that, yeah. impersonator uh but like sammy hagar like i'll jam with him with my like terrible guitar playing I, mean, I think with this one, now we're in the era of like wannabe comedians and hot take artists. Yeah, that this is almost seems like the perfect grift for this era of lonely. Yeah, this is irresponsible.
2: Days. Like yeah. I'm sure the rock star people get up there and immediately like realize like, oh yeah, this this kind of sounds like shit. <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> when they're up there jamming or along with like really talented musicians, but this is just going to create like. Middle-aged millionaires who think they're actually could be stand-ups, yeah, if, if they just yeah. had chosen that path.
3: Are you guys worried at all that this is going to steal some clientele away from your upcoming? podcasting fantasy camp are you is that announced yet
1: (laughs) well i'm glad you bring that up because yeah we are having our zeitgang fantasy camp no i mean (laughs) uh, i I am a little worried i'm not i will show my hand here i am a little worried that it's going to eat into our podcast is the
2: sour grapes no it's not it's absolutely not
1: i just can't i i but again, you know, kudos to the people who found that like market and are like, this is where we are getting." You can for $500, yeah. you can have a photographer like, like follow you. Yeah. It's and yeah. Disney these, World like, branded photos. It's like just, yeah, absolutely
2: and that's why, no relation to any other market in the world. $500 I, to I, get I, pictures.
3: I don't feel too terrible about it because it's such a loud grift and it's, I don't want to completely call it a victimless crime. But if it's someone who's going to spend $4,000 yeah. for Jay Leno and Adam Carolla's comedy yeah, camp, you don't, it's yeah. like yeah, you're I I'm okay if you lose that $4,000. You seem okay to lose that $4,000 yeah, too. Yeah, you I'm have great that, with that. You know. Yeah. No yeah. one is like having a fundraiser in their small town so they can get sent from <laughs> Dixon, Illinois by their friends and family (laughs) to hollywood to like learn to make it
1: (laughs) okay but what's the percentage that's why like god i don't want to go but i would love to infiltrate (laughs) and just talk to other people and like how many are like retired people like retired men who are just like men yeah they always told me i was funny man i've always been saying stuff and i hate woke stuff and i just want to learn from the best and how many really are kind of misguided what would the two of you as people who have you know Launched careers in comedy and helped others do so and are successful. What actual? What would you tell somebody if they said, "I think this is the way for me, man"? Right? I mean, right? Or if they,
2: I, I would tell them honestly. Like I would be like, "Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like a great <laughs> opportunity." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, well, fucking Leno? Are you kidding uh, me? <laughs> I can't believe it.
1: they're practically giving that shit away. That's great. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Just be like everybody else you know start from the bottom you know or spend the five grand to be truly if you funky. want to
2: start from this would be the lowest bottom that you could start from like yeah. if there is somebody who comes out of this camp to be a successful comedian like truly nobody else will ever be able to say that they started from the bottom no compared to that person that's true. i think
3: i would tell that person this seems like a great networking opportunity you could take one picture with jay leno and then meet a bunch of other people who also aren't successful in this industry. People like me. <laughs> yeah. This would be a great opportunity to meet unfunny, inexperienced people.
2: Get a crew. You gonna yeah. get your crew. You, who are your guys? You know? That's the que- that's the first question you're gonna have to answer when Mark Marin inevitably interviews you. Who are your guys? Yeah. And this yeah. is a good chance to meet your guys. Hell yeah. My Matt Rushmore's gotta be Corolla Leno, the guy who wrote Tim Allen. <laughs>
1: Yep. He wrote Tim And Hallen. and then we're waiting
2: for that fourth face and it could be you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my well, god. Daniel O'Brien, such a pleasure having you as oh. always. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff?
3: You can find me on Twitter at D O B underscore INC. Uh the show I work for is last week tonight, but you can't watch it right now, so go and yell at the Zazman and all mm-hmm. the other studios if you want that show back. I would get in trouble if I didn't promote the podcast that I do. Quick question with Soren and Daniel. Soren, if you know me from Cracked, you know Soren from Cracked. We've been doing this podcast for a while. It uh, sucks, but you you should <laughs> listen to it show. anyway. And we, uh, I guess I can announce this here. We're making a, a dramatic return. We're pivoting to video, Soren and I. We we've, we have started hey. filming the podcast, Whoa. the two of us in a room together, laughing and, and having fun with each other. And that'll be out on YouTube sometime in the future
2: amazing nice got you. we need to start I, doing that miles i i was get, saying that to you get, i was go, saying that get too. the
3: fuck off my shit
2: <laughs> well no no <laughs> hey, to be fair yeah, bro. i, just to be, told, I was too. just telling a person about the podcast and they were mystified by uh podcast uh, podcasting as a concept and we're like you're not on youtube like that's the long- i've seen podcasts on youtube are you right what, they're like what,
1: they're talk shows on YouTube, right? They're right. Like, I, Yes, that is how most people ingest them now. But to be fair, Daniel, I I actually got the idea because that is one of the slugs of the things you'll learn at the fantasy comedy camp, right? Uh, yeah, right about right. getting into comedy and digital media with the rise of platforms like TikTok and YouTube. Comedy is taking new forms. So I was thinking, like, oh shit, we should take yeah. it out from that. But yeah, I guess I guess I stole that idea from you. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing.
2: Is there a work of media that you've been enjoying, Daniel? There's three real quick ones. I saw
3: Spider-Verse for the second time in theaters yesterday, and that movie rules so much. I'm obsessed with it. Friend of the Pod, Jamie Loftus' book, Raw Dog, incredible. I finished that a few days ago, and uh, I just love that book, and everyone who listens to this show knows how funny she is, so get that book if you didn't already. It's a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, yeah. My favorite tweet, and it lives within a family of tweets, is, I don't know if you guys talked about this on your basketball show. Or not? Uh, did you see Joker getting interviewed at a press conference, and they asked him if he is excited about the parade coming up? No, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. The the interviewers are like, "You were you were saying that you were surprised that you didn't feel much of anything, but you feel more now. And are you excited about this parade?" And Joker looks off camera and says, "When is parade? When is parade?" <laughs> I say thur- say Thursday, and he goes, "No," and like his face drops. Ah! He says,
2: "I have to go home."
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> He's, Yeah,
2: I was hoping the only thing I said is that I was hoping he would ride down the middle of like in the parade on one of his like little horse drawn carriages <laughs> yeah which are I, I realized that I was assuming they were little horses but it's yeah. they are normal sized horses he right. is just a He's giant, just giant. Yeah. Yeah. he is someone that, that I obviously don't get
3: a ton of Denver games in Jersey so I didn't get to watch him play too much reading about him all year long, I was very upset that he might get his third MVP, and I didn't want that. There was just something in me that didn't want that to happen. And once he didn't get it, I was rooting for him. Now yeah. I like him. I like this big doofy guy who seems to hate basketball. Right, <laughs> he's my love and, <laughs> yeah,
1: love hate relationship. <laughs> I, I think it's like he's just financing his love of horses through yeah. His basketball. Yeah, Because like I feel like that groan was like, I got to go back to Serbia to my yeah. horses, man.
2: The most begrudging energy that any superstar has ever had. I was like on our basketball podcast was like workshopping this idea of like, you know, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard, they like have this like personality that it feels like you like need to be a superstar. Like just this, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And then like he just he like doesn't want to be there at all the whole time. And somehow it, it just works out.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. really like, who is back in Serbia holding a gun to your horse's head? Who's making you do this?
1: Right, right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the best. All right, Miles, where can people find you? What's work media you have been enjoying?
1: At Miles of Gray, where you got the at symbols. If you want to hear that basketball talk, check out Miles and Jack. i mad at Boosties. Uh, and also, if you want to hear me talk about 90 Day Fiance, check out 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra and I. Uh, tweet I like is from uh, at Jill Twist, uh, who tweeted, Netflix is opening a restaurant peacock does custom embroidery you can get a root canal at the paramount lot cbs raises train raises and trains show cockapoos apple tv makes artisanal xanax that you can have monogrammed hbo is now a horse
2: (laughs) amazing you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien I don't know. I don't. I don't think I have anything I've been enjoying. That's uh, so past sad. Past lives, past lives. I, I enjoyed. I think I talked about. Oh that, yeah, so that's a good movie. Go check that out. And I'm going to see Spider-Man with my kids this weekend Very for the first pretty, time. For the first time. Oh. Yeah. it's so fucking. I, by good. that I mean Spider-Man on Hollywood Boulevard. Wow. Oh, what right. what yeah. were you guys yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, wait, Daniel. Who was your? What was your favorite? Like, what? What was your favorite thing? who's who was your favorite Spider person from the? Uh, movie?
3: I mean, I'm going to join almost everyone and say
1: Spider Punk ran away with that. Yeah. 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 Daniel Kahlia killed that.
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website dailyzeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we link off to the information
1: that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song
2: that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song
1: do we think people might enjoy? Oh, you're gonna really like this track. This is from uh, this artist Tana Leone and this is from this is again, I was like listening to an album and the first track i heard on the album was so good it's called the love intro and it kind of given like a little bit of kid cuddy vibes on this one uh so check this one out this is t-a-n-n-a uh, and then leon l-e-o-n-e and it's called the love intro all right well the daily
2: guys is The production of iheartradio for more podcasts from iheartradio visit the iheartradio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that's going to do it for us this morning back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to y'all then bye bye